Last summer, I did pastoral care work with the San Francisco Night Ministry. They are an organization that for over 50 years has offered a pastoral presence on the streets of San Francisco at night when people feel most isolated and vulnerable. From 10 p.m. until 2 or 4 a.m., I walked very slowly through the Tenderloin, the Mission, Haight, Castro, and North Beach, offering a peaceful presence, a listening ear, and a word of prayer to folks most often ignored or overlooked, even in the daylight. I spoke about my experience with a group and afterwards a woman, uh, Lisa, told me about her experience leaving the San Francisco Opera House and walking to her car surrounded by a lot of unhoused folks. And I had talked with the group about our need to embrace our discomfort in these situations. And while she appreciated that, she was able to share that for her, it's a lot more complex. Like she feels guilt at having spent a fancy evening out at dinner at the opera while others are sleeping on the street. She felt sad that we live in a world with such inequality. And she felt frustrated that she couldn't fix the problem. And then she felt anger that they ruined her otherwise lovely evening because now she felt guilty, sad, and frustrated. <laughs> and as she was telling me about this complex emotional landscape that she feels on this short walk to her car, she was backing away from me very slowly. <laughs> it was a very uncomfortable topic for her. However you are wrestling with being around people who are different and in different life circumstances than you, you're not alone. Jesus offers us this parable precisely because being with people who are different from us is complex. Jesus shows us that it does not matter how rich you are what matters is if your wealth prevents you from loving others. If wealth gets in the way of affirming God's image in others, the humanity of others, then we are not living our baptismal vows. Lisa was letting her desire for comfort get in the way of her openness to the humanity of those around her. She saw them as causing her discomfort. But that's not really true, is it? So I invited her as she was backing away from me. <laughs> and I invite you, be curious about your internal response to those around you. I noticed in myself, as I got used to walking around the tenderloin, sometimes I would feel my gut tighten. 
Sometimes my shoulders would rise and tense up and sometimes they would slump. With compassion, let yourself be curious about this. The practice of investigation helps us understand where we're coming from. It helped me recognize that I feel uncomfortable when I can't fix something. And I believe homelessness should be fixed. And like Lisa, I like to soothe over situations. But that comes from my own desire for control and peace. What is it in yourself that sparks feeling uncomfortable or judging others or wanting to ignore others? Where does that come from? And Jesus asks, how is our judgment or discomfort preventing us from seeing others' humanity, from being in relationship? Part of what is so difficult about this parable is that the rich man, even in death, cannot be open to a relationship with Lazarus. The rich man is not free to love Lazarus because he still operates in a system that uses Lazarus, that denies Lazarus' own belovedness and belonging with Abraham. He wants to use Lazarus to get water. He wants to use Lazarus to send a message. He doesn't offer to go himself. The rich man has not been liberated from the bondage of judgment and status. Dr. King, when preaching on this parable, said that the most significant sin of the rich man was that he felt the gulf which existed between him and Lazarus was a proper condition of life. The rich man felt that this was the way things were to be. He took the isness of circumstantial accidents and transformed them into oughtness, a universal structure. He adjusted himself to the patent inequalities of circumstance. And Dr. King continues, God is saying, as I have bridged the gulf between human and God, so bridge you the gulf between person and person. Each of us is a potential rich man. Maybe not rich in material goods, but rich in education, rich in social prestige, rich in influence, rich in charm. At our gate stands some poor Lazarus who has been deprived of all of these. There is a gulf but the gulf can be bridged by a little love and compassion. Bridge the gulf before it becomes too late. It is now passable, but it can become impassable. So get curious about what arises when you notice yourself being judgmental. Where does that come from? How does it feel? And then with courage, faith, 
and a little love and compassion, do not give in to judgment and discomfort. These only isolate us from ourselves and from God. And then that gulf is impassable. Bridge the gulf. Choose to remain in relationship instead. Relationship defies our selfishness, challenges our egotism, and shatters any assumption of unworthiness. In our baptismal covenant, we commit ourselves to relationship. Will you seek and serve Christ in all persons, loving your neighbor as yourself? To which we respond, we will with God's help. Yeah, you know the response. Let's try it again. We will with God's help. <laughs> will you strive for justice and peace among all people and respect the dignity of every human being? We will, we will with God's help. Our commitment to relationship means that we will never be comfortable with inequality. We will never be comfortable with division and isolation. Praise God. <laughs> Dr. King preached, there are some things within our social order to which I am proud to be maladjusted and to which I call upon you to be maladjusted. I never intend to adjust myself to segregation and discrimination. I never intend to adjust myself to mob rule. The rich man was so adjusted to the circumstances of life, he could not imagine a relationship with Lazarus. King calls upon us to never adjust to systemic poverty, to remain maladjusted to the economic systems that would try to make us comfortable with homelessness. Praise God, I am maladjusted enough to feel discomfort at economic disparity. Praise God, I am maladjusted enough to challenge the status of wealth. Praise God, I am maladjusted enough to see inequality and strive for justice. Praise God, I am too maladjusted to ignore the poor on my doorstep. Praise God, I am too maladjusted to accept a system of oppression and exploitation. Praise God, I am so maladjusted that I did not fear walking through the tenderloin of San Francisco at midnight. I chose to bridge the gulf. When I want to be comfortable, when I am weary of discomfort, may I remember that maladjustment is the gift of my Christian practice and my baptismal vows. And with your support, with a little love and compassion, I will turn to God. And I won't let it get in the way of being in relationship.
Let us close with a prayer from Dr. King. God, grant that we may be so maladjusted that we will be able to go out and change our world and civilization. And then we will be able to move from the bleak and desolate midnight of man's inhumanity to man into the bright and glittering daybreak of freedom and justice. Amen.